Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about moving company culture to the job site with the help of special guests. Dennis Engelbrecht of Family Business Institute in Raleigh, North Carolina. Alongside Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host, Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show. Hey, everyone. Tim Fowler here, and welcome to the Tim Fowler Show. One of the big buzzwords in our industry and across maybe every business, but I'm mostly involved in remodeling and construction, is culture or company culture. So uh, when I had the opportunity to talk to somebody who has done a little more thinking about this than me, I thought it would be a great idea. I looked it up on an online dictionary, actually. I went online, looked up culture. One of the really interesting facts that I found out was that this particular dictionary indicated that between 1950 and 2010, the use of the word culture in our conversations has actually doubled, right? And so it's become a big thing. But what is it, right? I, I, again, I, I was talking to our guest a little earlier and I told him, you know, I, I, maybe one of my big goals is just like to get a good definition of this. And, you know, I think for some people it means everybody's happy, right? Or, I think for others, it's like nobody's complaining. That's a good culture when you don't hear any complaints from anybody. But bottom line is I'd like a definition. I think the other challenge that we face, and it, it gets a little more directly to the topic today, is that oftentimes companies have a great culture in the office, but it has never, that same culture has never made it to the field staff or to the job site. And in some cases, they don't even share a culture. In other words, there's a culture in the office and a culture on the job site, but the team as a whole doesn't share a company culture. Now, I understand that the job site and the way we think on the job site is different than the way people often think in the office. And I'm not talking about like getting everybody to think exactly the same because there there's obvious differences. But is there a way for culture to transcend all of these other, uh, this, this gap that's typically there? The other challenge that we often have is that as we grow, and many companies in our world right now are growing, they're adding staff, culture has to change. When we add somebody into the culture that we have, they automatically impact the culture. Now, in, we hope it's really good. We hope it's a good change. But in other ways, sometimes it can be just different. Not bad, but just different. So Mark Harari, our vice president at Remodelers Advantage, introduced us to our guest. And I thought it was a great opportunity for us to get some of these questions answered. Steve? Yeah, well, let's welcome our next guest today is Dennis Engelbrecht of the Family Business Institute in Raleigh, North Carolina. He founded the CEO Roundtables program 19 years ago from scratch, expanding upon a group one of his consulting clients was participating in. 
Welcome to the show, Dennis. Well, thank you. Thank you. And it's, uh, you know, a pleasure being here and uh, hope I can add a, a, a little bit to this conversation. Uh, it is it is a, an interesting question, culture. Yeah. So before we get right into that, Dennis, give us a little bit more about what you do for work. Uh, people out there may not know uh, what a roundtable is. Hopefully they do from Remodeler's Advantage, but they may not know. And and what is it that you particularly do? Yeah, well, the um, our, our CEO peer program, uh, what we do is we gather eight to nine construction companies uh, from across the country. Uh, in fact, as, as part of our makeup, they have to be from non-competing areas because we really share a lot of information so we can't get in a situation where we're in a collusion situation or something like that right so these groups get together they meet twice a year uh as a group to really share best practices try to learn from each other learn from each other's mistakes um they also it's it's really a leadership development program so Everybody in our program is trying to become a better leader of their company, uh, trying to figure out the same question, Tim, that you raised, <laughs> you know, about culture. You know, how, yeah. how do I get a positive culture? What is it? And, and gee, I, you know, I, I grew up thinking about building buildings. What does culture have to do with that? Yeah. So just a really quick word here. No, you got to check out Remodeler's Advantage before you check out Dennis's program, okay? <laughs> so just I just want to make sure everybody understands that. But let's jump right into it. So Dennis, how do you define culture? I mentioned in the intro that one of my big goals is just to you know, like get a good definition of culture. How do you define it? And, and maybe part of it would be to like, how, how do you recognize when it's a good culture? Well, well, starting off, I would say that a, a culture is sort of the collection of a set of beliefs and behaviors and how that impacts the workplace. So, you know, when somebody's trying to set the culture, it really starts oftentimes with that leader or owner and, you know, their morality and, you know, do they do good in the world? Uh, do they treat their people well? All of that. And uh, you know, I think that it's the set of beliefs and behaviors that kind of determines the culture. And the, and the culture is sort of that atmosphere that, that everybody works in that's determined by that set of beliefs. And, uh, you know, I think the reason it's used doubly today versus what it used to be used. And I think you went back to, was that 1960 or? 1950. 1950. Well, yeah. I, I was born just after that, and I can tell you, you know, when I was growing up, culture definitely wasn't a buzzword. It was more like people told you what to do, and right. you went ahead and you did it, right? And you didn't ask a lot of questions, and, and there wasn't a lot of worrying about the culture. Uh, so another another way to look at this is, and again, it, maybe it's not a set of rules or a set of guidelines, but a maybe a framework that helps the employees make decisions or to a framework that helps employees think about how they should act. Is that a, is that a good way to look at this? I, I think that's real good. And, and using the word framework is, is really a great way to think about it because it's not really a defined set of rules. It's 
more how we act and how okay. we treat others, how we relate to each other. Um, and, and I think, you know, you, you raise the question of having a culture in the office or having a culture on the job site. I think everywhere you go, a culture exists, right? Right. Well, so if you go to a job site, there is a culture on that job site. And when you go to an office, there is a culture in that in that office. What what's difficult for leaders is actually to establish a culture and maintain the culture to be what they want it to be. So how would how how do we know? So because I, I do consulting work with companies, I'm in their office, I'm talking, and quite often. The owner of the company says, wow, we're all, we really enjoy, everybody enjoys working here. And then I'm sitting in a one-on-one conversation with an employee that just goes like, man, this place is messed up. (laughs) And so I, how does a business owner know when they're maybe, I mean, they're, I hate to say it this way, but if you're a business owner, you have a certain ego. I mean, you have to have a certain hoop spot, if you will, to own a company and especially a big company. And, and quite often you blind yourself to what's really going on in your, on your team. How, how would a CEO or a president of a company really see what the culture really is versus the culture that they've envisioned? Well, I, I think that's an excellent question. Sometimes you do actually have to test for it, do a survey something like that. They have engagement surveys. Now we do with our clients, what we call a business health assessment, which asks a bunch of questions and things like that. But I think, you know, you mentioned, you know, a lot of people might be happy, but then you find that outlier who says the place is messed up. Right. Right. Uh, And, and I think when you establish the culture, what, what you're trying to do is have that unwritten set of rules that drives behavior kind of when nobody's looking. So, you know, for example, when, when the boss is out of the office, does everybody leave early? Right. You know, or, or do people start acting differently or be rude to their fellow teammates and things like that? Uh, You know, if you have a strong culture, I think the culture helps people first of all feel welcome but then sort of understand the unwritten set of rules that's that's there so one one of the indicators may actually be a business owner who says i can't take two weeks off because things will fall apart here yes maybe that's an indicator that would say the culture isn't healthy well or at least not strong okay okay You know, so uh, strength of culture, you know, you hate to think of it like the Stepford Wives. I may be aging myself again, (laughs) but, you know, you don't want everybody acting like a robot. Right. You want people sort of thinking and acting as if they were an owner, as if it were their own business and making good decisions and treating your customers well, treating your subcontractors, suppliers well, uh, especially in construction, because in construction, you know, generally speaking, we don't do the job all by ourselves. Right. We have to collect a team of people to get the job done. So for those people to be responsive to what we want, we have to be treating people with respect and treating them well. 
Yeah, so that was one of my questions when we're talking about moving the company culture to the job site. How does that involve what we call trade contractors or subcontractors? What, how do we get them buying into the way that we treat people? But again, I, I have that same conversation with business, not just the business owners, but with job superintendents and supervisors, lead carpenters, and they, they don't feel like their trade contractors are helping them out. And so maybe that's part of a culture thing. Well, it, it is a culture thing. And I think oftentimes the, the superintendent on a job or the head man on a job uh, may not be thinking about it this way, but his job is going to have a culture. It's going to have a positive culture or a negative culture. And it's his job sort of to set the culture, you know, and, and it's little things that probably go into that. Uh, number one, does he do a good job of planning the work and communicating with his trade contractors and suppliers so that they can be successful? Right. Uh, do they keep a clean job or do they have people stepping over each other's materials <laughs> and people, you know, a subcontractor coming in and putting all of his stuff somewhere where the next guy's got to work, you know, so a, you set a culture by keeping your job site organized, by treating each other with respect. Uh, and I think, you know, you used the word earlier that I think is one of the keys to the whole business, which is ego. Okay. Uh, you know, if you think of, okay, so you bring your electrician in and the electrician, he's got ego, right? Yep. You know, your, your superintendent or the fellow running the job, uh, person running the job, they've got ego. But, you know, if if you try to put yourself above others, uh, you're, you're likely not to get the best from them. Uh, I find the most successful people know how to treat others with respect, help them be successful. Sometimes it's just a, a simple behavior, such as when when they come to the job site, shaking their hands and looking them in the eye. Now, I can see by, you know, the video of you that you've been on the, you've been on the earth for a while. Right? <laughs> so, you know, when, when you greet somebody and you shake their hand and you look them in the eye, you get a certain response from people, right? Right. That immediately shows respect and say, you know, I'm here to listen to you. I'm here to help you. I'm here, you know, to get to know you, whatever it is. Uh, but but that simple thing can set the culture for your job site. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I tell a lot of groups of superintendents and project managers that when I I did run a miscellaneous metals contractor for about five years, and when I used to go to a job site with the general contractors, often these were giant guys like Turner Construction, but I never saw people greeting each other, shaking hands, looking them in the eye. It's like they got in there and then they yelled at them or they gave them instructions. Right. But, you know, the simple foot pr- or baseline of, of greeting people and treating them with respect makes communication and everything else go better. Wow. So, you know, I, I think that's just a simple tip. Uh, the other thing that you can think of to get your trade contractors sort of working with you and working together, uh, a simple question when they come in, asking them, 
how can I help you succeed on this job? Okay. Yeah. And they may say, well, boy, you know, what I need (laughs) is I need this area clear when it's time for me to work. I need these guys out of the way. I need their work done so that I can, I can really move and I can get my work done and then I can get out of the way of the next guy, you know, and you say, Oh, okay. That's great. Well, let's, you know, let's sit down maybe together and plan this out so that everybody can be successful. But again, I think the simple question of just asking somebody of how you can help them succeed sets a tone that it's not about me, you know, and it's not necessarily about my success. It's about our success. Okay, cool. So Dennis, you said that, you know, it's something that drives behavior, makes people feel welcome. I think there's a lot of misnomers around what culture is, you know, if it's just about having happy employees, quote unquote. But, um, you know, it seems like it starts with a series of rules, you know, ways that your employees, yourself are operating, you know, that's having clean job sites. That's the way you're treating uh, employees and subcontractors. I mean, how do you define the culture and does it get that granular? You know, I know we have a mission statement, we have a vision of the company, but does it get right. down to defining the culture? Well, I think, you know, it starts with leadership, of course. And, and again, it's the behaviors that really move that. I mean, you, you can put your mission up there. Yep. You can put your vision up there. We can have a strategy we're following and all of that. And I think all of those things are helpful, but now you look to the leaders themselves and how do they act? Yep. So, I, I mean, this is a very common thing. Uh, I hate to say it's more common than you would like, but <laughs> if you have some owners who spend money freely, so let's just say, you know, they got their beautiful little boat or yacht and they keep it, at the shop. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then, you know, so they see he makes money and he pours it into his, you know, his beach house or his boat or, or whatever. We, you know, people aren't on this earth to make someone else rich. You know, they're trying to take care of their own families and everything else. So a leader has to be leading for the benefit of everybody. So their specific behaviors, you know, when it comes to, you know, let's just say when tough times come and say, okay, everybody's going to have to take a pay cut. Did he take his first and largest? Yeah. You know, those, those kinds of things make believers of people. And when you, when you do the opposite, you know, you do selfish behaviors or egotistical behaviors, those belie your mission and your vision. Mm-hmm. And then people don't believe. So, You know, it takes a long time, I think, to establish that culture because it takes time for people to trust leadership, to trust the vision and the mission of the company that that's real. And it's not just an excuse to get you to go out and work hard and make me money. (laughs) So so I'm thinking about this a little bit and and I've obviously run into it in my consulting where the team doesn't always feel like they're on the same page with the owner and or the office. Is there any kind of tricks to a, let's just say a job superintendent or what we might call a project manager 
feeling or realizing that maybe the boss isn't setting the right example for the culture that is talked about, is there a, a good strategy for that individual to talk to the owner, talk to the, the manager of the company and help them understand what they're doing and how they're undermined, they might be undermining the culture? Well, that's, that's really a difficult one. You know, yeah. Having those uh, heart-to-heart conversations with your boss uh, yeah. Yeah. certainly comes with some risk. Uh, you know, the first thing I think each individual can do is, you know, treat people well themselves, be moral themselves. Uh, I think, like I say, in our peer programs, people take that kind of information from their peers a lot better than I think they probably take it from their underlings. Right. And and they're used to getting it from me too. So (laughs) (laughs) sometimes they take that well, sometimes they don't, but, uh, you know, it's sort of my job to speak. Sure, sure. And, uh, I, I think what you what you raise there is a very difficult one. Yeah. But I think, you know, when they go back down to the job site, though, they really have the opportunity to establish their own working culture. In okay. And, and I think, you know, when you say, how do you move culture from the office to the job site? Yeah, yeah. Why, you know, the owner showing up and helping out in some cases, showing he cares, asking questions, being personal with the people on the job site, not just coming up and asking about, boy, that looks crooked or something <laughs> like that. You know, instead of coming up and saying, hey, how are you doing? I, you know, I heard you're having, you know, you know, your son was sick or whatever. If Once, once you get to the personal stuff, all the other things really happen a lot easier. So if there's one way to take that office culture to the job site, it's by the leader being at the job site, at least periodically, and then being there as a help, not necessarily as just a critic. Uh, the, you know, walking the job and making some observations can be good, but doing that, of course, in a respectful manner and, um, you know, if, if if there's one thing bosses need to remember as a behavior themselves, it's always to criticize in private, right? Praise in public. Yeah, that's the one minute manager uh, books that came out a while back is big on yeah. that. I, I mean, know, I, you know, I I'm you go to a job site and you start criticizing, you know, your person in front of everyone else, they they lose face and. You know, and and you're certainly not going to feel like the company's looking out for you. Yeah, I love. I'm very, very grateful you brought that up because again, I, that's one of the real challenges that we face. Is there's such a limited amount of time, and business owners will often, and or production managers uh, will often visit a job site, and it's just pointing out here's what has to happen, and here's where you need to go, and this is wrong, and that needs to be fixed as opposed to developing that real positive culture, because my experience is most of the team on site already know what needs to be fixed. They're aware of it. They don't need it pointed out to them. Uh, And, and so developing more of a positive approach. And I have heard from quite a few people say, and I sure would like to see the boss more often. And I think that's a a great everywhere. 
and, and yeah. you see that everywhere. It's and you know a lot of stuff lands on the boss's desk, but of all the things they can do in the course of their day, getting to the job sites remains probably the thing that has more impact in their company than any directive they can make from the office. Yeah, you know, I think I think one of the things that's important is that at a certain point, a business owner may have more time. As a company gets bigger and bigger, less of the day-to-day stuff falls to the business owner, I think. And therefore, they may have a little more time, whereas the guy doing, guy or gal doing a couple of million dollars worth of remodeling, I mean, they're trying to sell it. They're trying to manage it. They're trying to keep the book straight. And it's hard to put that type of thing on a priority. But what I hear you saying, Dennis, is that maybe business owners need to spend an hour every week just thinking about how do I reinforce the culture that I want? What actions do I need to take so that I can reinforce the culture that I want, both here in the office as well as out on the job sites? Well, I I think that's right. And I think maybe the thing, and, and an hour won't do it, but I think the thing to remember now is it's really about people. And, right. you know, every yard of concrete is going to get poured or, or put in place by people. Right. Every, you know, every two by four that goes up is going to get put in by people. Uh, people are doing the job. People are overseeing the job. And I think that's really the difference you started with, you know, between 1950 and today. Uh you know, what we used to call the Protestant work ethic. Remember, we were an agrarian society and people just worked. That's what they did. They worked to survive. Now we're in a world of plenty and everybody wants to know the why. Right, right. And that, that's really the importance of culture is people people want the why. And, and the why may be so that we can, you know, we can do a better job here. We can deliver more quality. We can make the owner happy. Uh, we can all make some money and take it home for our children, right? Right. Uh, but but it really is the why that has brought culture, I think, to the level it is today. Because, it, you know, people just don't go do it because that's what you have to do. So, so, you, so you mentioned everybody making a little more money. And so it occurred to me that when I got started in this business, there the big thing was give everybody a bonus if they perform properly, and that will change them. And I'm I'm kind of oversimplifying it, but I'm I'm guess I'm kind of asking here, sharing financially, profit sharing, bonuses, things like that. How does that play into a good culture? Well, I, I think again, you you almost like giving the boss uh, some advice on his leadership style. You you can get in dangerous territory if you don't have a good culture and you're you're sharing financial information because then people again may think, well, I'm doing all of this for the boss. But if okay. the boss has a sharing culture and he does share his success with everybody and he doesn't float his success. You know, everybody knows the owner should get their return. Everybody understands that. So when you share some financial information, uh, 
if you already have a good culture and people feel like the boss cares about the people again, when he goes to the job site, you know, he asks about their family or asks about their children, but he, he does personally care. Then the sharing of information can all be a positive thing. It can help motivate performance. You know, people want to win. Right. So, you know, if you've got a job going, people want to know that that job's successful. So, yeah. you know, everyone wants to be part of success. So to the extent that you're sharing information that allows them to understand what success is, how to manage for success, and then sharing in, in that success as a, as a team and as a company, that's all positive stuff. Uh, but again, they, they go hand in hand. If, if, if you have the boat out there that, and you have your yard people washing the boat every week, (laughs) uh, you know, people are going to view that as a selfish behavior, not a company behavior. And then you start sharing information that might use it against you or might feel less motivated. Um, you know, in terms of bonus for performance, uh, sharing job success, I think, is always a good thing, and sharing company success is a good thing. Uh, it can be done on a discretionary basis, um, but it still has to be communicated well so people understand how the behaviors relate to the success that we're talking about. Yeah, I think that's been a big challenge for people is sharing enough information so that me as the site superintendent or lead carpenter really understands that this money is associated with success. It's because we're winning the game as opposed to uh, not knowing what's going on. So a little bit different uh, topic here, Dennis, uh, in our pre uh, podcast communication, you had, you had mentioned something about the labor shortage or the crisis and uh, we're, I mean, one of the things Steve and I have been really trying to do is find ways to promote training, promote uh, getting more people into these trades. And we've done three or four, I don't know, maybe eight different podcasts on it. So I'm just kind of curious, like, what's your, what's your view of that? What's your take on that? And, and, and maybe it does relate to the culture of the company. Well, your culture, of course, is one way to separate you from the other people out there. We, we have this crisis and, and it projects still to get worse for probably another five years or so as the baby boomers age out. Because right. baby boomers were just simply a larger pot of population that's all retiring now. And we don't have people coming into the trades at the same rate to replace them. Right. So uh, then it becomes a competitive world. So, Going back to your first question, being a small business, you know, a remodeler, you're just a micro business and this is a macro problem. <laughs> right. So, you know, for you to go out to the trade schools and create programs and this sort of thing, you know, you're just not a big enough entity to really have a macro impact. So what you can do, though, is you can outcompete the other folks in your area for talent. Uh, and, you know, by out-competing, again, it helps be successful so you can pay your people well, reward them well, and you can have a winning culture and a positive culture. So there's a little bit of chicken and egg here, right? right. 
But, but once you've got the best place to work and you sort of have a buzz as the place to work and, and hopefully you have a buzz with your trade contractors too, that they prefer to come work with you than the guy next door. Really that's, there's probably nothing that can generate more success for you these days than to have that competitive buzz, you know, to retain your people for them to want to tell their friends, Hey, you, you need to come work over here. This is fun. You know, at the end of the day, we feel fulfilled. We've done good work. Everybody goes home safe. Uh, it's a great working environment. Um, and I think, you know, generally speaking, again, as a micro business, that's all, that's all you can do. You can't change the macro dynamics out there. You just have to be better than the people next door. One of the things that happens occasionally for me, like at a conference, somebody will come up to me and go, man, you wouldn't believe it. I just lost one of my lead carpenters to a competitor for a dollar an hour more. And my first question would be, so what was the real problem? And they have no idea what I'm asking. They have no idea. And I, and I go like, I said, now I know the money was the thing that came out of that person's mouth. But what was the real reason he left your company or she left your company? What and because because I'm convinced uh, that a lot of people work, you know, I mean, they won't go for poverty, but they'll work for a little bit less for a company that has a great culture that they enjoy coming to work every day. Well, you're you're 100 percent right, for sure. And with this shortage, you know, when we grew up in our bigger companies, Every project manager, every superintendent is receiving weekly calls from headhunters. Right. And anybody, virtually anybody, can take another job in construction and make more money, oftentimes $25,000 more. Wow. Because what's happened is the work's still growing. People are still selling work. Yeah. They don't have enough people to complete them, so they have to buy talent to fulfill their future sales volume. Yeah. Yeah. That's created this competitive marketplace. And, you know, if you're that person and you have the opportunity to make, let's just say $10,000 more a year, how do you justify to your family that you shouldn't do that? Right. Right. I understand. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to see you go home and answer that question. (laughs) Right. Right. So, so really, it has to be very strong that culture to the to the extent that they're not listening. Yeah. If they're listening, the jobs yeah. are out there. The opportunity to make more money is out there. Yeah. So, but if you go home every day and you enjoy your job and you're not, you know, complaining to your spouse to where you're sitting through dinner and dinner's miserable. Right. That's a good thing. Right. <laughs> right. right. You, know, you come home and you have a smile on your face when you greet the kids and you greet your spouse. Uh, that goes a long way. And, and there are little things you can do too, like, you know, sending the spouse a card on her birthday or things like that. You know, so involving the family, having the family picnic and, and making it around the kids and the families so that people feel like they're part of something uh, because that that thing of being part of something that's deep in our deep ingrained in all of us as well. Yeah, I've I've heard great stories of companies that have done things like bought a TV for an employee instead of like a dollar 
thing because the TV sat at home and uh, every time anybody in the family was watching it, it was go, wow, look what such and such a company did for us. And so it really generated a lot of good feeling at home. Well, Dennis, we've got to wrap this thing up, but uh, maybe just uh, one or two more little nuggets for us. This has been absolutely incredible. Uh, but anything, anything else you can give us just in terms of uh, developing or maintaining a great culture in a company? Well, again, I, I think it is really the, the little things. It's, it's how you treat people. It's how you treat people day to day. I think in construction, ego, while it's almost a necessary entity to be able to develop your own business from scratch and even to run a job site of all these, you know, high A type people and all of that and be successful. Uh, but I think the most successful people are the ones who can lower their guard and treat everybody with the respect that they need so that you get that shared success. So I think each individual really has it in them to be a positive contributor to the culture. And, uh, and, and I really do believe it's the little things from the top down that, that make that come together. This has been fantastic. Thank you so much for taking some time, Dennis. Uh, I can't tell you how much I appreciate this. Yeah. Thank you, Dennis. You're welcome. Enjoyed it. Take care. Take care. Well, Tim, that was a fantastic episode. (laughs) Eye-opening. Yes. And, uh, you know, I really would love to have a black and white definition uh, for culture, but it's not going to happen. And I know that. But just some of the great uh, ideas, uh, treating people with respect, the handshake and the contact, the eye contact, just um, just so many different things. Uh, and I think you have to listen to this thing a couple of different times to get everything that Dennis was talking about in there. So uh, again, a great uh, episode for me just to be able to share with other people. Yeah. And it was, uh, I mean, that's exactly what I asked. I want that black and white definition, but it's not. It's trickle down. And you see it all the time. You see when you're in an organization, if you're a go somewhere and, you know, someone you're working with is not nice to you or bad customer service, just they're not kind. You always know a couple steps up at the top is the same thing's happening. You know, it doesn't get worse as it gets. So one of the things that I was impressive to me was I tried to get Dennis to say that the staff should confront the boss and tell him, him or her what they're doing wrong. Yeah, that's tricky. And really what he said was, look, you handle your job site with the culture that you want to have. In other words, the only thing you can control is yourself. Yep. And you treat people with that kind of thing on your job sites. People will respect that. People will appreciate that. But, and don't worry about the boss. Now, I, he what he didn't say, and what I think RA does a great job of doing, is like if your boss is in a peer group, you can call one of his members in the peer group and say, <laughs> hey, can you deal with this for me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, that was... That was a really, that was a gold nugget yeah, right there. Yeah, that, that was definitely gold for me. All right. Well, once again, we would like to thank Dennis Engelbrecht for joining us today. And we always want to thank you for listening to another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. 
And remember, at the Tim Fowler Show, we're working very, very hard to eliminate it is what it is from your vocabulary. This has been another episode of the Tim Fowler Show. Want to hire Tim and fast track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com slash consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.